0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Behind Our Door.
1: Hi, Nancy. Hi, Julie. Good to see you.
0: Always great to see you. I'm so happy to be back. And Me too. So happy um, we've gotten a lot of great feedback.
1: Thank you to our listeners. Yes, I, I agree. It's, so, it's just such a, a rewarding experience to read what people say and to know that we're reaching, reaching people and helping, hopefully really helping families, individuals. I hope so, too. And today's show... Uh, wow, today we have quite a topic and, uh, uh, and a really interesting guest, but I don't know about you. We, I know we both read the same book, that the author is our guest on the show, but I really, um, I really was thinking about this, I mean, for days after I finished it, in the sense where it's about marijuana and the dangers, but I don't know about you, but I have a lot of people in my life that smoke of all ages, even senior citizens that are uh, smoking marijuana, you know, smoking weed to feel better. And I personally, I don't know about you, Julie, but I never, even as a kid, I never really got into it. I mean, I had my vices, but that just didn't do it for me. And as an adult now, it doesn't, but I have friends that they, I have terrible insomnia and they'll say, you know, to one of the Chewables and all, I mean, edible, oh, edibles. Edibles. edibles, oh my God, I'm such a, I'm such a, oh God, uh, but edibles. And, uh, and I just say, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't do it for me, but it's such a, and now legalized, seems like a healthy way to calm yourself down.
0: I, I truly think it depends on the person because I know a lot of people too, who have smoked marijuana. It has helped them. It's helped calm their anxiety, um it's helped them sleep. Like you said, I'm no professional, I'm no doctor, but of course I've seen the benefits of it, but I've also seen the negative too. Um, the effects it had on, on my son a few years ago was, was not so great. And, and it's possible that he was doing more than I know, but the truth of the matter is in his case, I wanted him not to smoke it and we battled over that mostly because he felt that me being a police officer, I was against it because it, it was against the law up until, you know, a couple of yeah. years ago. But the, the truth of the matter is that that's not at all true. Um, you know, what people do in their own time is their own business. But yeah, for him, I just did not see the benefit.
1: Yeah, well, this, I mean, and everyone, our audience will hear this is about youth more than anything. And I just remember being in high school, and my parents, you know, trying to, I have two sisters telling us, you know, this is going to ruin your brain, you just, you know, the usual parent thing to say. And then as time went on, it's like, it's healthier than cigarettes, it's better, you know, it's healthier, which clearly, none of this stuff is a sure statement on anybody. Today, we'll see. It's about you know you never know what the human body is set up for or not and it can things can be really dangerous and uh, have a major problem and i think the gro- this particular podcast has to do with the developing brain youth adolescence yeah the and these crucial years yes. and uh, boy it really makes you think i mean i took this very i took this topic more lightly and i certainly was not didn't say to my kids, "Oh, go ahead," you know. As kids, I was the same way, just trying to try to put our foot down to everything, so our kids weren't. Um, I think part of it but,
0: is, is when the brain is developing, right, yeah. that you're putting another substance or chemical into it. Yeah, doesn't necessarily help the growth of it.
1: And the problem is now it's legalized, so um, which is good in some ways, but also in others, it makes it doesn't. People don't realize it can really be dangerous to that developing mind, and it's hard to tell whose mind is set up for the danger and whose isn't. It's uh, a gamble. So, um, you yeah, know, really interesting and interesting and scary all at the same time. That's what that book set off in my mind.
0: Yeah, but I'm, I'm excited to have her on her show. Mm-hmm. I'm excited Definitely. to meet her. I found her through social media channels, Facebook. She has a non for profit she started. Mm-hmm. And for me, I found the information Very interesting. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully it will help some of our listeners out Mm -hmm. there, some of our mental health families who are seeing some changes, and at least they can ask more questions. Yeah,
1: it's a total wake-up call to certain parents. I think people will really take note that have been wondering right from wrong on this whole topic. So
0: Agreed. Today we are going to speak with Laura Stack. Laura Stack is a Hall of Fame speaker and a corporate spokesperson for many major brands, Laura is also the bestseller and author of eight books on product productivity. Let me try that again. On productivity and performance. But most of all, Laura is a mom. Laura lost her son, who died by suicide from marijuana induced psychosis.
1: Thank you for coming on our podcast, Laura. Hi, Laura. Hello. Thank you
2: both so much for having me.
1: It's so nice to have you. We're so glad you could put aside the time for us on Behind Our Door.
2: I'm honored. Very thrilled to be able to talk with anybody listening about uh, Johnny's story and hopefully have some people say, wow, that's me, and uh, I'm not a very well-known topic, so Thanks for
1: having me. Well, you're welcome. And uh, the book we're talking about uh, that Julie actually found through her Facebook page is called The Dangerous Truth About Today's Marijuana. And, uh, Laura, I've got to say, reading this book, I would read some of it and have to close it and think. I mean, you put you, you are quite the writer, and you just put anyone who's reading this right in the room. Um Wow! I I really mm. it took me a while just because of that. I would read it, have to close it for a little and think, and read it, mm. pick it up again. I agree. I did the same thing. I mean, I that would have was to take a breath or put it down and come back to it because it
0: was very emotional. Wow. Yeah. Yes.
2: Thank you for that feedback. It was. I wanted to give every detail. You know, I didn't want to leave anything out. It's three hundred pages of Johnny's life and how he could go from a normal fourteen-year-old with a perfect GPA and an 800 out of 800 on the SAT math portion, you know, uh, a happy, busy, involved young man. You know, we're a Christian family, he volunteered. We taught Sunday school. Like this is just a child that looks like they have everything going for them and a scholarship to Colorado State University. Unfortunately, we live in Colorado. And when Johnny was 14 years old, a freshman in high school, marijuana hit the market. We were the first state to legalize recreational marijuana. And he went to a high school party and there was marijuana there. And they all wanted to try to get high and he used it. And that was his first time. And I know because he told me we were very close. I was his person. Um, That was not unusual Mm -hmm. for him to tell me. And that started a five-year horrific journey of addiction, of mental illness, of him becoming depressed and anxious after a few years of use into psychosis, where then he began to believe the mob was after him after he started using the very high-potency what are called dabs and many people don't know about those. We can talk about those, but he used the dabbing, the concentrates, the shatter, the waxes and eventual suicide at the age of 19. You just think, how is it possible? And I, I had to write everything down as fast as I could. As you mentioned, I'd written up eight other books. So I'm a writer and it's for me very healing. And it was right before COVID. It happened November 20th of 19, right before Thanksgiving. So we just, holidays were blur and then it was COVID and there was nothing to do. You know, the timing for me as a professional speaker, no one was having meetings, of course. So right, I had several months to write his story and I wrote for six months nonstop and I think the most important thing for people to understand about the book is that there are 176 notations. It's science-based. It's research-based. It's just not Johnny's story. It's the story of thousands of people who experience mental health issues, especially at a young age, from using marijuana.
1: One thing that Julie and I were wondering, we were talking a few days ago about this, is before the age of 14, when he went to that party that you were talking about, did he show any signs of mental health issues?
2: Oh no, no,
1: none. And that was the that was the thing
2: that people don't understand. They think that people who use marijuana are self medicating, right? That they would have already been mentally ill, they're trying to make themselves feel better. No, in Colorado it's a party drug. It's very easy to get a hold of. It's hard to get alcohol here because you have to be 21. It's hard to get cigarettes. You have to be 21. But it's a rite of passage in our high schools. Any senior in high school when they turn 18, go to our pot shop docs. You spend a few hundred dollars. It's a huge profit center for, I call them criminals, for these doctors. They're not most doctors, but there are some who write thousands and thousands, 4,000 children in Colorado when they turn 18 now, Go and get their medical marijuana cards and they can legally walk into our dispensaries and purchase these very high potency concentrates and they go back to the high schools and sell it. It's not um, a mental health thing. They're not self-medicating. They're wanting to get high. Um, and so that's, we have, and Johnny was even tested uh, with the Genomind. We have no uh, psychosis in our family, no schizophrenia, no mental health issues. He was not depressed. He was not neglected. He was not anxious. He was a happy, healthy, engaged young man. He played the piano, the guitar. He was in soccer. He ran cross country. He was a blue, uh, green brown belt in karate. I mean, this was just a great kid. And we live in a suburban area. You know, if this if this can happen to us here, it can literally happen to anyone. So he didn't have any mental health issues until years after he started using the marijuana. It was a trigger, and it causes mental health issues such as depression, anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenia, delusion, psychosis. And these things are proven by research. It's not just me making it up. It's just that at the time, I didn't know. Right. Because as a parent... Right, I'm thinking. You know, it's just weed. It's harmless. It's natural. It's from nature. It's legal. It can't hurt me, right? Because my mindset was from the '80s when I grew up.
0: Absolutely, I think us too. Mm -hmm. Weak.
2: It was like Easter grass. I mean, I I not approved. I used marijuana. We would you know we had rolling papers we we called it ditch weed we'd never get the good stuff we'd put in a paper we'd roll it up it was a joint right you smoke it you pass it around you laugh ha ha but in the 60s 70s 80s 90s 2000s until 2015 marijuana was a 2% to 5% tetrahydrocannabinol THC which is the psychoactive ingredient in marijuana Today, the concentrates can be 100% pure. See, people don't know that it's, today it's, the kids don't even use the plant. Right. They don't use flour, herbs, right? Mary it's, Jane, they use wax.
0: Right. It's synthetic. I mean, it's synthetic. And it's, No, it's
2: not synthetic. It is not synthetic. It's extracted. It, well, so yeah. they take the plant It's the real plant, Mm -hmm. right? They run a solvent through the plant, like propane or ethanol or butane, and it breaks the trichomes containing the actual THC off of the plant, and they throw the plant away. So now you have a solvent with a cannabinoid, THC, in it. They try their best to get out the butane and whatever the solvent is, and they distill it just like you can make something more pure, like with alcohol. So now you have a wax that looks kind of like an earwax, and they can make it into um, distillates, which can be vaped, like an oil and an e-cigarette. They can put them in edibles. Um, they are usually named by how they look, like crumble looks like a cookie, um, yes. sugar looks like sugar, but it's not synthetic. So, it's natural, but it's pure. It's an extract.
0: So, um, Laura, let's back up before we get into much of, this, of the science of it, which, yeah. no, I definitely agree with you. I, I guess man uh, synthetic man-made is the wrong word, but what I meant was more of manipulated. Yeah, and there are synthetic,
2: like K2 and Spice, you know, that are more um, laboratory-made. But these are derived from natural marijuana. It just doesn't contain any plant matter. It's a chemical. There's nothing natural
1: about it. And and like you're saying, it's a whole, for for the generation previous, our generation, more or less, um, it just was a whole Mm -hmm. different thing. So people are not realizing... Like you had this, you know, education through tragedy of the oh, changes gosh. scientifically that have gone Well, on. like you, I'm
2: not a clinician, but I feel like I've gained a clinical. You know, we have a scientific advisory board of eight MDs uh, involved in cannabis science on our board to inform our curriculum and our research because I, I knew nothing and, and that, that was the problem. Like there's nowhere for people to go who are having mental health issues from marijuana, there was no one for me to talk to. There was nowhere for me to turn when this was happening to my son. Nobody understood it. Nobody believed it. Even the doctors, the do- today they know more about CIP, cannabis-induced psychosis. Um, so many didn't understand what was happening. And I didn't know it was a problem. I just didn't know. I still have that old... Eh, you know, yeah. I used weed. I'm fine. It didn't right. it didn't hurt me. Of course. Thank God it's not heroin. You know, like you say these things and I was so wrong. I was so wrong. So take us
0: take us <sighs> back through your um your son's journey. He went to this party at fourteen and he smoked marijuana, which he was very yeah. honest with you about. And as a mother you, you had to be so grateful for that, having such a close... I was
2: grateful. You know, I I told him, you know, I'm really Thankful that you share. Now, I mean, I grew up in a military family. My father is a retired colonel. So yeah. <laughs> it, it, when I grew up, oh, you boy. were more afraid of your parents yes. than you were at the police. <laughs> yes. you know what I mean? That's how
0: I grew up too. Yeah.
2: And I am and the police, and, and I'm still know. afraid of my parents. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still more afraid of my parents mm-hmm. than the police. You know, and that's a, that's and, a and very when my good dad, point. <laughs> you know, said that's the end of it. Like that was the end of it. You know. Um. So I just kind of still had that mentality. You know, we just, we didn't do a lot of this, you know, emotional intelligence, motivational interviewing. I I probably, I probably chewed him out. You know, basically said, appreciate you telling me, son, you know, thanks for your honesty. And you're never going to do that again. And I just, I just thought that would be the end of it because that was just how it was. They were great kids, all three of them. We have two others who, survived, did, you know, did, who are surviving.
1: Did any other kids in his, um, in his age group or uh, uh, the, the high school class, let's say, that he was running with at the time, was there a rash of these sorts of um, uh, drugs? Well,
2: thank God no other suicide, mm-hmm. but several. Were sent to um, in, in uh, to long term care rehabilitation. One was sent to Atlanta um, for a forty day rehab. One went to a uh, military academy. One today, I look at his Instagram and he's just totally in psychosis. Um, I try to reach oh, out sad. to him. Um, we had several, and it just breaks my heart. Um, who came over after? Johnny died to apologize and to tell us that they were involved in the marijuana and that they knew he was using and that they were sorry. One said he was the ringleader and he apologized. Mostly they just wanted something of Johnny's to take. We would let them go into Johnny's room and, and just take things, you know, that would remind them of him. They were, wow. it really affected Um his friends tremendously. There are some who are really involved in our in our charity now. Some mm-hmm. who gave up uh, marijuana uh, because of what happened to him. So you know, I know that there was a big group of them. Um, and what did and that- then? Some of them went the other way. Some of them weren't on speaking terms with him anymore. Uh, two of them came to us afterward and said. They had come to him asking them to help him get rid of his stash. And twice, they had helped him get rid of all the marijuana in his house. Um, so, yeah, just, it's just really sad. Um, but I think it was impactful, very impactful for those oh,
0: I, I can who were involved. I can't even imagine being in your shoes and having to deal with not only losing a, a child, but then having his friends kind uh, of...
2: All the fallout.
0: Yeah, and kind of lean on well, you. From they did, seven. and it
2: was so, it was hard. They would send me photos. Like, when we had the funeral, they had all gone to IHOP a couple years before that, and they were all using marijuana and partying, and, you know, he really kind of held it together until his senior year. He, he kept up his 4.0 GPA. Wow. Like, he was hanging in there until he started his senior year. I, in the book, um, you know, I call that the the crash. That's when things really started to unravel several years later. So but what, they would all go to IHOP, and Johnny would be in the photo. And then when he died, they would recreate that photo without Johnny in it and then send it to me, stuff like that.
0: Oh, God, I can't even imagine. Really, really,
2: really horrible. And you
0: know, and what thing. did that journey look like um, as he started to progress in this addiction? So other
2: well, you know, family members the, the, and...
0: Loved ones. Mental illness
2: started, defiance. Um, I'm not doing chores. I'm not going to school. You know, you can't make me. Um, name calling, abusive. And this is a sweet, smiling, handsome boy. I mean, you go to johnny'sambassadors.org and you can see a photo of my beautiful, precious son. He was just so sweet and charming. And he would call, you know, F-U-D to me. I mean, to me, and I'm like his person. I'm his, you know, nobody loves him in the world more than I do. Um, and he would just, it was like being a human punching bag. He so just became someone I didn't recognize and very, became depressed, started to isolate himself.
1: So during this, um, during this time that sound you know, traumatic isn't even enough of a word is of what was happening, how did you? Health. It's always how did you, as a parent, take care of yourself to take care of him? How did you deal with the stress of all this?
2: Well, I mean, there was nowhere for me to turn. I mean, did I you have, try, did you try
1: support groups of any kind? Oh or did my you, god!
2: Every everything. I mean, the five years. We're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, treatments, um, mental health programs, doctors, psychiatrists, you know, medications, trying to then help the anxiety, which of course was brought on from the marijuana. He was never anxious a day in his life, expensive brain treatments. He wanted to try this transcranial magnetic stimulation. He said his, his brain was green poo. Oh wow, that's <laughs> How an interesting he described description. It. Yeah. And that there was something wrong with his brain and it needed to be fixed. And you could just see him deteriorating. I mean, as a parent, we did every single thing that you would do. I mean, tough love, 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 you know, Mm. tracking his car, tracking his phone, (sighs) you know, withdrawing privileges, discipline, permission, rewards, you know, programs. And once he turned 18, um, he moved out of the house yeah he took everything he had he took his five thousand dollars and he left and you know we still had a, a son at home and it was obviously very traumatic and still is he's an, he's okay now you know getting a lot of support he's a, a junior at the colorado state university
1: and then there's you have um, another you have a daughter too right you two yes, two other children she's
2: 26 She's married. she's has a new house, a new husband, a new job. She adopted Johnny's dog, Benji. She's doing really, really well. Um, but, you know, I had to, I let him go because it was for my own self-care and boundaries. Yeah, and that's
1: what I was asking before of how you, I
2: let him such move a difficult out. You know, part he, of this. He destroyed, he would destroy things in the house he would trash his bedroom. And by this time, our younger son was bigger than him. Our younger son was more of an athlete where Johnny was more of a brainiac. And, um, he was bigger at this point than Johnny and Johnny would trash things. And he would go to trash James room. And of course, James was taller than him and just said, stop, you know, and, and he did. Oh God. Um, it just got, it just got to the point where, Letting him leave was was probably necessary Mm -hmm. for everybody's sanity.
1: And it wasn't helping Um, at that point, having him home. It's not like that was gaining control.
2: No, he wasn't going to school. You know, Mm -hmm. he had taken me off of his parent portal uh, because he was 18 and they couldn't make him go to school anymore. I, I I was incredulous that this could even happen. That they don't, you know, they, once they turn 18, he got a medical marijuana card without my knowledge uh, or consent. And there was nothing wrong with it. He had no mental or physical uh, issues. So I have no idea what he told the doctor. They apparently you can say things like you have a migraine or you have a backache, things that they can't prove. Wow. Um, so to this day, we have no idea what they what he told them or who gave it to them because the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment protects the medical marijuana doctors. Their, their name is not even on a card or I How would have sued the SOB for wrongful death. But, oh yeah.
0: But the reality is, I mean, we're here in, in Chicago, you know, which is a, a pretty dense urban city and mm-hmm. we are We have medical marijuana facilities also, Mm -hmm. but the reality is you don't even need them here, right? I mean, you know, if a child wants to use.
2: No, well, you got to remember it's easier when you're 18 because it's 21 for recreational. So if you just go get your medical card, now you can buy at 18. Okay. So it is easier. To get, mm-hmm. When you get your medical card.
0: Well, when you're, oh, what yeah. I'm saying is here, like in an urban city, they don't necessarily have to even go to the clinics to get it because you can pretty much Just find it. Just go the store. You, you can find the it. dispensaries. You can find it well, anywhere. and the dispensaries
2: and can't sell it to you if not, you're not 21. Uh, I mean, they will legally get in trouble. I mean, they, they card. I mean, yeah, you can have a fake ID. Um, but, but my point is you don't even need the black market. You don't need to buy it off of someone from the street. You don't need to try to get in. When you're 21, you can buy it legally. When you're 18 years old, right? That's the see. That's the loophole, and that's where. And we in Colorado, a huge coalition, we raised up, and we successfully passed legislation in June of this year, Colorado House Bill 1317, regulating marijuana concentrates. And we have made it much harder now for 18 to 20 year olds to get marijuana. Um, and that's, it's a huge problem here. So I don't know if it's a big problem there. I think it's a big, uh, it's a pro- I think it's a,
1: it's a problem big, everywhere. Everywhere, You yeah. know, the and and beyond that, it's a problem everywhere that these drugs are, you know, there's so many drugs out there that um, that you just don't realize what's in them. I mean, when, you know, you, many generations ago, you always have drugs out there. You don't know what's in them. You know, recreational drugs that kids are well, using. Well, part of what food, I was going to
0: say was the accessibility is, um, with social media platforms, is you can just get them delivered to your home.
2: Yeah, like that. Oh, you know, it's crazy that. License. Luckily, the U.S. Postal Service just put in. You know, they will not deliver Delta Eight. You, you know, you can't mail it. Um, but people do. right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you, here you can get drive-up
0: service. You don't need the U.S. Post Office. You. Yeah. You and, can get on social yeah. media platforms and find. Um, you know, other kids who are using and get yeah, in that group and Snapchat. they will drive it right up to your window.
2: Yeah, my son used Snapchat to sell to all the other kids because they would just go from dispensary to dispensary with their med cards. Wow. And there was no real-time tracking. There were supposed to be, quote, limits. Now there will be because now the real-time tracking goes into place January 1.
1: I was going to ask that. When, I was going to ask you when this goes into effect. Was January. Yeah,
2: January 1. Mm-hmm. They call it the gray market here because they... You know, they, the teens just buy it, um, and then they go back. One in ten of our middle schoolers is addicted to marijuana here in Colorado.
0: That's a bad uh, number. So
2: everywhere, you're exactly right, as soon as it's legalized, it's more accessible. And that's what people, they just don't understand. Oh, well, it's everywhere. Well, when it's legalized, it will really be more everywhere, because now it's not just legalized, it's commercialized. Mm-hmm. And everybody... The chemists got involved extracting these more and more and more potent products. And we know that with increased potency comes increased addiction, increased mental health issues, a five-fold increase in psychosis, and a seven-fold, sadly, increase in suicide. Confirmed in a study that just came out by our own National Institutes of Health, they studied 280,000 young adults age 18 and came out with a very strong statement that marijuana use contributes to suicidal ideation attempts and completions, even when depression wasn't existing. And that's what people don't understand. This is not something that marijuana, you know, people use it because they're mentally ill. They use it and they become mentally ill. It's not a chicken-egg thing. Um, and so well. when you have a child who has bipolar the bipolar may not have ever manifested itself had that child not used marijuana.
1: Yeah. It's like the million this is it's a million really dollar question get, at times. I'm, um, I'm I, have question, I have a question. I have a question that I especially want our, our listening audience to know about. What I see that you from this this whole um, you've written the book and and gotten the this Foundation together, Johnny's ambassadors. Can you tell 501c3, us? Yes. Yeah. What is what? Do, what do Johnny's ambassadors do? And that's one question. And how can people get involved if they're interested?
2: Well, they do. They are basically in their communities educating people about the harms of youth marijuana use. That's who's, what they do. Who is in Johnny's
1: ambassadors? Is are these are oh my the doctors? Gosh, we have, are the doctors we part have of this?
2: Coalition? No, doctors are. <laughs> They still, you know, even though there are thousands of research studies out on how marijuana causes mental health issues, there's still so many who just are not familiar with it because they don't have legal marijuana. The one, like in Colorado, there are many doctors, clinics, programs, etc., who are familiar with cannabis-induced psychosis. Uh, we have a doctor on our on our board who was in a emergency room position in a Pueblo hospital. And every day she says the teens come in there with acute psychotic episodes with what's called cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome, CHS, which is acute vomiting, uh, poisonings, intoxication, comas, not breathing. I mean, this is every day. So until the doctors start seeing it in their communities, They, we do have doctors who, you know, share our social media posts and things like that. We also have volunteers who are actively teaching our curriculum. They go, you know, law enforcement officers. um, They go to PTO, teach at schools. Wait, these these people these
1: are people that are a part of Johnny's ambassadors. That you're talking yeah, about they, the You teaching? can volunteer.
2: Okay. We give them a PowerPoint and an instructor manual, and we say, here's what to say. Get a church or someone who will give you space uh, and have a seminar. So mm-hmm. some of them wow. are trainers. Some of them are um, in, we have a lot of schools that participate. We have an online marijuana curriculum, it's eight modules for the teens. So we have a lot of health teachers.
1: And where um, and where teachers. are they? Are these in Colorado or out of state oh, as well? All
2: over. We are we're global. Wow. We have ambassadors all wow. over the world.
0: That's great. So
2: Johnny's wow. ambassadors educate parents and teens about the dangers of today's marijuana for youth and they do it either by just recommending a book, buying a book for legislators. I mean, we have some legislators um, you know, when they go into session, some people buy a copy for every legislator they have. <laughs> um, other people just share social media posts. Other people join out. We have 160, sadly, parents right now whose children are in active psychosis. Oof. Um, so We have a support group for them. We have a group. That's so, of, you have a, you
1: know, so that's great. I was going to ask. You have an online support group?
2: Oh, yes. And we have a Hope and Healing group every two weeks. On mm-hmm. Monday nights, because even if your child is still on this earth, there are a lot of losses, you mm-hmm. know, and just in terms of grieving yeah. over what your child would have been. We talk oh, that about that, would
1: have Julie and I talk about that all the time, how, you know, yeah. from, from people I've facilitated for years support groups and, you know, have so mm-hmm. many people that I've, I deal with all the time, families, et cetera. Yeah. And that's yeah, such a loss, a the loss them. of expectation is, is so... Well, what we yeah, call it doesn't
2: it, even have to be like your child is dead, like mine. Right. You know, I'll never see my grandchildren. You know, but some of them, their children are so far gone;
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, they, they have to give up a lot of what their expectations were of their future for this mm-hmm. child.
0: What we call um, it and there's is a
2: lot of grief in that.
0: The word for it is called ambiguous grief.
2: Mm-hmm. But, and we call so, it non-loss grief. Yeah, in and our in our group.
0: Yeah, same difference because that's kind of Yeah. That's kind of where I stay at with with my own son having mental health issues that, you know, all these expectations that you once had are no longer there.
2: Exactly. Exact um, whether triggered by Now our group is those just who were triggered by marijuana.
0: Do um, you have groups because specific
2: no, no one understands them, you
0: know. Absolutely, but do you have other groups that are um towards people whose children have mental health issues who then start using? No, we are a
2: single substance-focused group. That would just, we can't handle it. We've already got 160 just with marijuana. Um, No, so we we are just focused on cannabis-induced psychosis, um, mental health as a result of marijuana use uh solely and when we've got our hands full with that. We've got five thousand on our on our mailing list right now who have been impacted. Wow. Um so we deal in, in, in marijuana issues because it's a very specific psychosis because many times after a first incident psychotic break from marijuana, if a child is sober after that, their brain can heal. Um it can take often four to six months um to come out of the psychosis. Um we just had it happened with another child, their bipolar went away. It wasn't actually bipolar. So they're diagnosed bipolar, but it looks like bipolar, but it's a symptom of psychotic, uh, cannabis-induced psychosis. And with sobriety um, comes healing in many of the brains of the children who are affected. So many doctors don't realize this, right? They call them, they say they have bipolar, they have schizophrenia, they put them on medications, and they would have come out of it. Um, Do so you think a lot of the tried.
0: doctors are getting it wrong and that they should be asking the families more questions?
2: Well, they need to always ask them, was there marijuana involved? You know, and ask the child, how much marijuana have you been using? Because there are some very definite features of marijuana psychosis, the, the, the paranoia, the delusion. The um, persecution delusion, there's a lot of the FBI is after me. They're listening to my phone. People know who I am. You're in on it. There are some very definite um, cannabis-induced features with delusion that comes along with this particular strain of psychosis. Yes, so that if doctors were up on the science um, and, and in a state where it's legal and see it all the time in the emergency room when they come in screaming with the mobs after them and they're going to die. Um, then yes, they would start to know that, oh, this is cannabis. Right. They need to be in a 30 day inpatient rehab to detox from the cannabis, which takes three to four weeks just to get out of your bloodstream. Um, and That's a then long let's time. See what we're dealing with. Yeah, it's three to four weeks. So we have 30 to 45 days inpatient rehab for detox. Um, before we even know what we're looking at with the brain. And so you can't give um, a snap diagnosis of, oh, they've got bipolar, throw them on medication, if they're actually in psychosis from marijuana.
0: My other question was going to be, you know, when you refer to dabbing for people who are not listening, I just want to touch upon that. Um, Mm. what, What exactly does that look like? If I am a parent of a child and i'm walking into their bedroom what am i looking for how do i know if my child you're looking
2: for something that uses that looks like a jewel um because the kids are lying they're saying oh mom chill out i'm just vaping well vaping can can be nicotine it can also be a hundred percent pure thc distillate it looks it looks the same
0: how would i know the difference then
2: where you would need to look at the cartridge, and okay. you would need to have your child produce what it is that they are uh, using, and it would it, it would pull it out of the device, and it would it should legally have a THC uh, marking on it. So you're looking for anything that says THC. Okay. There are so many ways to hide it. Uh, anytime if you lose your propane, your your um, creme brulee torch. They're probably using it for dabbing, um, burned out nails, um, burned spoons, just you know, strange, strange looking things. Like black, start. more
0: of a black residue or a brown residue or a black tar any, looking. So yeah,
2: if you're so seeing, if you're any seeing that. that
0: anywhere around, like yeah. stains on your coffee table mm-hmm. that, or in the depends. bathroom,
2: anything that looks like a bong, anything that looks like a test tube. Um, Toilet paper rolls, pens with, um, you know, and paper towel rolls with dryer sheets on the end of them, trying to disguise scents. Oh wow! You know, the (laughs) the vapes are odorless and can be disguised easily, but the dabs um, can have an odor. And just so you know, it's not just the dabs; the flower itself is potent. Today, the flower has been bred. To 25, 30, one grower even has a 40% THC flower. Okay, so That's anything over 15% is a narcotic. It's it's In the Netherlands, it's illegal. It's considered a hard drug. It sounds like it same should same be illegal as, here. Well, it should be, but it's not regulated. There are no caps. There are no potency limits. And the, the chemist, very quietly, and the botanist got involved to make higher and higher and higher and higher, and higher strains of THC. And then figure out how to chemically extract it out of the plant and then concentrate it and make all these crazy potent products. And the reason you call it a dab is you only need a dab, like literally the size of a pinhead, is a serving. And you will be crazy high out of your mind instantly.
1: Well, this is quite the education for our listeners. I mean, I feel like uh, you are a wealth of information. Down a really tough road here, a, a wealth of information. Yeah. Thank um, you. Well, anyone please, uh, who wants to uh, read the, dang- the dangerous truth about today's marijuana is Laura's book that is filled with um, this tragic story, but so much education. I can't even imagine how many people you've helped already, Laura. And how how, um, how would people find your support group, your online support group, if they're interested?
2: Well, if they go to johnny'sambassadors.org, no apostrophe, just J-O-H-N-N-Y-S, ambassadors with two S's, dot org, um, there's a a menu option that says join. And there's a lot of different, you know, we've got Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know, a mailing list, anything that anybody wants to to sign up, uh, we have available. If they want to be a certified Johnny's Ambassadors trainer, um, they can get involved in that. There's just so many different ways. Um, for people to to enter the programs um, depending on need. Uh, if your child is impacted or, or was or you just want to uh, be an ambassador and get the word out in your community, we welcome all kinds of help.
0: Well, thank you so much, Laura. Yeah, thank you. Um, before we um, say goodbye to you, can you um, give us some last words on on your son and just tell us a little mm-hmm. bit more about what an amazing person he was before marijuana stole him away?
2: Well, the last, uh, he lost his scholarship, obviously, to CSU. He had a suicide attempt. We had to withdraw him. Tried to go to UNC Greeley. Uh, had a psychotic episode. We had to withdraw him. Tried to go to Colorado Technical University. Started dabbing again. He could have been okay. He recovered twice, uh, from psychotic events, uh, and just went back. It was so addicting. And his last paper that he wrote, at Colorado Technical University, they asked him to write about the top five values in life. And uh, the number one value he wrote about was altruism. Of course, he has to use a big hmm. word. Uh, altruism. He said it's much more righteous to do things for other people than to do for yourself. Hmm. And I'm trying every day to...
0: You are to, living that you know, life. You are.
2: Live, yeah, That that value. And, you know, he came over for dinner three days before he died. And um, he said, I just want you to know you were right. And I said, about what? I didn't know what we were talking about. He said, you told me years ago when I was young that marijuana would hurt my brain and it has ruined my mind and my life. And I'm sorry. And I love you. And three days later, he was dead. Oh my gosh. And so we are working really hard to share his warning, you know, and to tell other teens, you know, he said marijuana ruined my mind and my life. And to please not follow his path, just don't do it. Your brain is still forming until you're 25. If you have to use it, please just wait until you're 25. And then it's not as problematic. It's not ever guaranteed to be harmless for anyone, but we know... There is no safe level of THC in the developing adolescent mind. So please just don't do it. And maybe by the time you're 25, you won't want to anyway. It's just not worth it.
0: That's such an important message. You are truly, truly an amazing mother. And it's so inspirational to see out of the pain what you have done and created and how many lives your son's story are going to save.
2: I pray that is true. And that is... What gets me out of bed every morning to make sure other kids don't follow his path.
1: Thank you so Thanks much, Laura. Me. Thank you so much for sharing this. Yeah, thank this, you. This, we like, can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing this. To say the least.
2: Well, anybody can reach out to me. My email is right on the website, laura at org. If there's anything I can do for anyone listening.
0: Thank you, Laura. Thank you so much, Laura.
2: All right. Take Have care. A great day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Don't forget to
0: follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat. And please, please download, like, and follow our podcast so you can keep up with our upcoming episodes. We have some amazing guests. We have some amazing conversations. You will not want to miss it. If you have questions or comments, please find us at
1: behindourdoor.mail.com. If you or someone you know is in crisis, struggling with mental illness, you can call the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255 or the NAMI Helpline at 1-800-950-6264. Until next time, please join us for another conversation behind our door. Thanks for listening.